Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One preseason game is in the books. One prominent player is going to be spending quite a bit of time in the training room for the next few weeks. And one draft pick is looking for another team. We will discuss these topics and more on this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast as we uh, as we continue to move through the preseason now with uh, with former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing well this evening, David. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are you? Doing well. Hope you guys are. Doing doing great. Before we uh, before we really get going here, let's do a, a little bit of housekeeping. There has been uh, there's been some roster moves in the uh, in the last few days. Uh, Titans have added defensive lineman Michael Dwumfor, running back Jacquez Patrick, and defensive lineman Kyle Pecco. They also have uh, activated defensive back Josh Thompson from the physically unable to perform list. Uh, one notable name among the players who have been released, and that is uh, defensive back Chris Jackson. And uh, as I referenced at the at the top here, he was a seventh round pick in 2020, the sixth of six players the Titans selected that year. And and here we are, three seasons plus into their career, only one of those six players still with the team and that uh that being second round pick Christian Fulton that of course was a uh, was a draft that began with Isaiah Wilson and in, included Darrington Evans uh, uh quarterback Cole McDonald was taken ahead of Chris Jackson McDonald never even made it to the the first preseason game uh, um without going too deep into it Denard you you have said at points if I'm not mistaken you you liked some aspects of Chris Jackson's game didn't you the, that move a surprise to you? Not really, especially this time of year, David. We already talked about this 
that this roster is still kind of figuring out itself and there's going to be more changes uh, before the final cut. So um, it's tough, man. That's just the way this business is, David. You just don't know uh, what tomorrow is going to bring. It's always a surprise. Well, uh, in a way, the uh, the additions are not surprises. Kyle Pecco is a guy the Titans know well. He has he has been on and off the roster a few times in recent years. Played and and played well at, at times for the Titans. Uh, the other two, Dwumfor is a guy with limited NFL experience, twelve games, including some with the San Francisco 49ers. Patrick has two games of NFL experience, both with the San Francisco 49ers. If you're uh, if you're seeing a trend there, let me just remind you, of course, that uh, Titans general manager Rand Carthen has come from the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, much as we saw with Mike Vrabel and his Texans connections over the years, no surprise here that uh, that with Rand Carthen on board, the Titans are now mining some uh, 49ers connections. The team is in Minnesota this week for a couple days of joint practices and then a, a preseason game Saturday night that uh, that follows the preseason opener this last Saturday against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. The Titans lost that game 23-17, to but uh, in a way, it seemed like fans came out of that uh feeling pretty positive on a lot of fronts. I would say there was, there was more good feelings coming out of that game than, than not. Uh, it was, it was pretty easy to find some things you liked and, and we will talk about that, but, uh, but a, a little bit of a damper on things as we move through this week, uh, Wednesday, the first day of joint practices with the Vikings and, and wide receiver Traylon Burks comes up lame and a, uh, a non-contact injury on a, on a deep ball from Ryan Tannehill where he, he uh, actually made the catch and and went to the ground and rolled and stood up and all of a sudden uh, he, he was back down on the ground. Uh, it, there was, uh, I, I think, initially a lot of fear among the fan base about that, but uh, the the NFL Network was first to report that uh, an MRI revealed just a ligament strain. It is the uh, LCL, not an ACL or MCL, which you, you hear more commonly, I think. So. They're they're looking at a matter of weeks. Uh, uh, John Glennon, you're our you're our medical expert here. Tell tell us what you know about this injury and uh, what what might it mean for Burks's uh, performance this season. Now, yes, I, I I immediately hit my research books, <laughs> also known as the internet, uh, to see about uh, you know what just just what uh, LCL injuries are and and uh, you know what what it might mean. Um, and it, and it looks, you know, like a lot of ligament type situations. It, I guess it depends on the severity. You know, there there usually are, are three different grades to it. You know, um, it, it seemed, you know, from from Ian Rappaport's initial tweet, it sounds like it's not that severe, which would make one think uh, that maybe it's a grade one, which is a mild. Uh, you know, wouldn't require surgery, and and generally, uh, you know, people are are, are back feeling better. You know, maybe three to four weeks. Maybe you're on crutches. Maybe it's a knee brace, that kind of thing. But it's not the end of the world. Now, the the next two uh, grades, two and three, are are more significant. You know, steps up. Uh, moderate um, uh, tear uh, would be a, a partial tear. Uh, again, crutches and brace, but this time probably eight to twelve weeks if it's that kind of a situation. And and severe. 
you know, you're, you're looking at uh, the LCL being completely separated or torn. Uh, and, and again, it would still probably be eight to 12 weeks, but it would require surgery also, which, you know, always presents uh, extra complications uh, as well. So I'm sure the Titans, everyone else, Traylon Burks, hoping that it is a grade one, that it's only a matter of, you know, three or four weeks. But I still, you know, it's it's obviously disappointing in a, in a number of ways. Uh, number one, I hate it for Traylon Burks because, you know, this is a guy we had seen like a transformation take place, you know, this offseason. He had spent so much time at the, at the Titans facility, uh, you know, working himself into great physical shape. You know, he, he looked like a man who was so much more confident, so much more comfortable in the system, uh, so much better shape than he was a year ago. So I, I think that's, number one, uh, disappointing for, for Traylon Burks. Number two, though, you know, he's, again, he's missed just like last year. He's once again going to be missing vital learning time uh, here in training camp. You know, he'll miss the second day against the Vikings. He's going to miss two days of practice next week against the Patriots. He'll no doubt be missing, you know, two, three more weeks probably of, of training camp. Uh, and, and again, you know, this is a new coordinator, a new new system, new scheme that, that of course, he is, uh, is still learning. And maybe just the last point, you know, some guys, for, for whatever reason, you know, you're never really sure, just seem to get injured more than other guys. And it's hard to say why. Uh, and, and you just hope that we're not seeing that from Traylon Burks. You know, we, he obviously missed a lot of offseason last year, you know, with the conditioning and asthma. He missed six of 17 games as a rookie, you know, two with concussion, four he was an IR with a turf toe. And here again, you know, still midway through training camp, he's going to, uh, he's with a knee injury that's going to keep him out of minimum, you know, of, of a few weeks here. So you just hope that that is not going to be the case. He, he hope he doesn't turn into one of those injury-prone uh, type players. Yeah, it's funny you say that. My first reaction immediately was that, uh, you know, the the Titans drafted him with the hope that he would be another A.J. Brown type player. And and at this point, he looks more like a Corey Davis to me. Corey Davis, of course, you know, had had injury issues throughout his rookie summer and, and didn't play in the preseason either of his first two years in the league only played 16 games once in his career you know was was never was never a guy who missed huge amounts of time you know he played 11 games as a rookie played 15 one year 14 another year but but always seemed to have something nagging going on he put up he put up some numbers but but never you know you, you certainly wouldn't call him a bust but he you know he was the fifth overall pick in the draft that year and and you just you just never felt like he he lived up to that and uh and, and it's still early for Traylon Burks but the you know when when he gets you know the the concussion in Philly last year of course there's nothing you can do about that but the you know something like this where it's a it's a non-contact injury you you kind of go Ooh, you know, I mean, these guys, you know, Denard can speak to it. These guys push their bodies to, to, you know, to the limit. And, uh, and some guys' limits are, are shorter than, than others. And you, yeah, the, I, I think that's, that's probably the, the number one fear right now with Traylon Burks is if he's, if he's going to turn out to be one of these guys. Cause when he's right, you know, we've seen him. He can, uh, he can make some plays. And, and of course, you know, he's, he's the guy who was supposed to benefit as much as 
anybody from having DeAndre Hopkins around and, and still has that possibility. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was certainly going to benefit from having a guy like Traylon Burks on the other side. So, uh, you know, John brought this up, Denard, what about it? You know, th- how critical is, is the missed time going to be for him these next couple weeks? Uh, and, and what will it be like for him physically you know, coming back from this sort of thing? Well, it'll be tough. I can empathize with trailing because I had a sprained MCL that sidelined me for about about two weeks. And then even after two weeks coming back, it took me another two weeks just to feel comfortable with that knee because it hurts. I mean, it's hard to plan on it. It's uh it's it's just it's like an excruciating pain and it's just very uncomfortable. Your knee, I know my knee has swelled up. And so when I got back on the field, I wasn't myself. It took about two more weeks just to feel good about cutting again. It's like pulling your hamstring. You're always thinking about it. And it's always there's a little pop in your knee every time. And that just means it's getting better because you're starting to work it. But it's going to be a grind for him. I mean, but, you know, you think about it like this, David. I'd rather lose him early to a you know a, for to an injury that we know can be corrected rather than lose him in the season and what this also would do for Traylon is it and I hate to say this but it opened the door for a couple other players to get some experience and to contribute because we've been talking about racing McMath and you know when is he going to step up and he has a lot of uh, physical uh, similarities to Traylon 6'3 217 pounds we talked about coming out of LSU runs a 4 he's been a great special team player but when is this time? What a great opportunity for now. Not to mention you bring in Chris Moore, a huge addition to this offense. Chris Moore has been a consistent receiver. He hasn't put up big numbers, but when his, t- when his number is called, he can play. And, you know, coming out of Cincinnati uh, a few years back, you know, he was an explosive receiver. We saw that in Houston. So, again, we're trailing. It's just a matter of just, again, repetition, getting the rest, and making sure you stay on that, stay on that knee because it, it's not – um, something that's going to put him down for the year, but it's something that will linger on even when he feels healthy for about a couple weeks. What 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 do you think typically is the reaction in the room too? I, I assume I assume when when that happens and he gets carted off the field, everybody in a Titans uniform at that moment is going, "Son of a gun!" You know, let's hope this isn't as bad as it looks right now. And then you get the word, "Okay, it's not season ending. It, it it's just going to be a couple weeks." Is that worth a shot of energy for guys? Will will that help the the overall attitude of the room? Heck yeah, because you're not losing him for the season. I mean, if you if, if this was an ACL, all of us are sitting back right now, especially us three, is thinking, "Oh my God, here we go again." So, so so it is a little bit of something good did come out of it. He's not lost for the season. So again, this could be worse. But again, I, I just uh, he's young. And when you long those when you're young, those ligaments, David, they heal up with especially for trailing probably about a couple weeks. So uh, so, John, again, you're the uh, you're the medical expert here. Are we going to uh, are we going to see him week one in New Orleans, you think? Well, it says, you know, so so early and, and the only report we have so far, of course, is is uh, Ian Rappaport saying saying a few weeks. But uh Boy, that's uh, that's that's tough. Um, you know, I mean, he's thing about Traylon Burks, of course. You know, he's he's a he's a big receiver, as we've talked about. That's a that's a big frame. That's a lot of weight that that has to do a lot of cutting. Uh, you know, sprinting. You know, a lot a lot of rapid movements on that on that joint. And and as Denard was referencing too, 
I'm sure it takes uh, you know some time to kind of build the confidence back and and the and get that feel that your next step isn't going to be disastrous. Uh, also, you know, I, I think it seems like we've seen that a lot of times in athletes that there's at least another couple of weeks where they have to kind of prove it to themselves that okay. All right, I can do this. You know, it, it's not going to tear again. I'm not going to fall apart. Um, I don't know. So, so based on all of one report so far, and, and my extensive medical research on the uh, on the internet in the last uh, twenty <laughs> minutes, uh, my my guess, I may say, I may I may lean towards against. Maybe maybe it you know maybe close. Uh, you know, maybe not uh, too many games, but I'm not sure. We see him right away. Right at the opener, if, if you want to, you know, go go on the more cautious side of recovery. And moving on, let, let's point out that we did not see him play Saturday in Chicago. He was uh, he he was one of many veterans who did not play for the Titans in that game. In fact, it was a uh, it, it was a pretty uh, a pretty distinguished group when you're talking about Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Byard. Um, Amani Hooker, Chigo Conquo, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Tier Tard. I mean, it's basically your whole defensive line. Um, Roger McCreary. And I mean, this was, uh, this was an opportunity to, uh, to look at some young guys, mostly to, it gave us our first look at the, uh, the offensive line as it stands right now. And of course, uh, of course, everybody was, was keeping an eye on the quarterbacks who, uh, who didn't alternate series by series specifically that it was, it was basically that sort of thing, but it uh, situationally, it seemed like Malik Willis got a little more opportunities than, uh, than Will Levis did. Ultimately Willis played 43 of the offensive snaps while Levis got 30 of them. It uh, was basically 60% to 40%. And uh, um, you know, I, I think, I think, People found things to like about both of them. Uh, Denard, what what about the quarterbacks, either one of them or, or both of them, that, that really caught your attention in that contest? Well, David, I, I just, you know, I I love Malik. I, I thought he kind of stood out this game. I mean, let's kind of take away the interception. That's an iffy because Josh Wally, that's a ball he could have caught, went off the fingertips on that third series. So, again, that was big. But – I thought the first series that Tennessee, they started out with the first team offensive line. That's really where the difference was in the game. And Malik just took control of that offense. Remember, I say going into the game, what Tim Kelly wants from his offense is to see his young quarterbacks take control of that offense. And he just looks, he looked comfortable. And what I love about what Tim Kelly did is he went back to the days when Malik played at Liberty, you saw a lot of RPOs. Look about the touchdown when he got outside. That was an RPO. What a great call. But think about it, that third and nine. And you remember when he scrambles out of there, steps up in the pocket, he makes the run for the third down and ends up setting up the touchdown. Yep. Man, that was that was amazing. That's why I love what Tim Kelly did was he let him use his feet to make plays. And that's what he was able to do. And then he brings in Will Levis. And you saw Will, again, moving out of the pocket, getting him on the, that perimeter game. He made a couple of throws. Now, Will, he got lucky because he better thank Tyreek Stevenson for having hands like me because that could have been ugly. But, again, I just think Will, I, I think Malik took about a couple more steps a lot further than uh, Will Levis. And I just thought he played well. Other than the interception, he looked good. He looked good. 
he he looked he looked relaxed for one. Yes. I, I would say you know which uh, that that was the most notable noticeable thing to me. And then secondly, you know Mike Vrabel talked about it all last preseason. He talked about it through the year he wanted to see Malik Willis move around in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, not necessarily just think as soon as I'm off my spot, I have to run. And you you could see him doing that. Sometimes there were a couple of times he, he stood in there a little too long and uh, you know, he, he has to find that balance. But, uh, but you know, we, we saw it, we saw it last year in the preseason. Malik Willis is a guy who, who takes coaching well, tends to get better from week to week. And in this case, he looked better than he did uh, at any point during the last regular season. So I think that uh, that, that had to be something that, that made the coaches feel good. And, and, you know, we've talked about the – the issue are they going to keep two or three quarterbacks and uh and, and I, I i don't think you're going to come out of this game saying absolutely they're they're only going to keep two and it's going to be these two uh you know john as as you watched the quarterbacks what did what did you see on saturday yeah i thought what was most impressive to me about malik willis is that the, the single biggest question for him in my mind last year uh you know and an issue that that, that came up repeatedly was that hesitation uh, in in the pocket, you know, that that he was just taking too long to make those decisions to get rid of the ball. And and I thought we saw him make big strides uh, in in the first preseason game there against Chicago. Uh, You know, I I went back and looked at just kind of compare some, some numbers in terms of getting rid of the ball. Uh, You know, the, the pro football focus numbers are always good with that. And in that first preseason game last year against Baltimore, he took an average of 4.37 seconds to throw the ball, which is outrageously yeah. long. You know, no one no one gets away with that. Uh, you know, during the regular season, he, he stepped up a little bit. It was 3.52 seconds. And then when you get to this first preseason game, it was 3.18 seconds. So you see the continual progress that Malik Willis is, is making. Um, but, yeah, he just looked more poised, more, looked more comfortable. And he ran less, uh, you know, was, well, he scrambled less. Uh, again, I look back at that, his first preseason game against Baltimore, he, on 18 dropbacks, he ended up scrambling five times. This game, uh, 31 dropbacks, only scrambled twice. They were both very effective. He, he got first downs on both those scrambles. And then Mike Brable said afterwards, I'm, I'm not trying to prevent him from, you know, using his legs. It's, it's a big asset, and he has to do that. Just not as often. And and you know as you said, David, remember to keep the eyes downfield too. So was was Willis's day perfect? No, two fumbles. He lost one. He threw the 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 pick, which was oh, there was partial blame on him too. I thought because let's face it, Josh Wiley is a six foot seven guy <laughs> and who had to jump very high and it still tipped off the top of his hands. So I think there was some blame on on Willis there. But uh, overall, uh, steps definite steps in the right direction. Uh, for Malik Willis, I liked it, and and uh, not only that first drive, but you know the drive right before halftime, you know showed poise in a two minute situation, got them into a field goal range, and uh, and they converted a field goal. So I think he has to feel good about uh, you know the progress made during during the off season. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility, a range of sizes built to fit your life. A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. 
progress you can feel. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths. And where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, I will say this, though, too. When I was in uh, when I was younger and working in Dallas, I uh, I got sent out to help with a uh, with a Dallas Cowboys game, and it was it was Troy Aikman's rookie year. And, and people might not remember the Cowboys also that year uh, took Steve Walsh. I think it was in the supplemental draft out of Miami, and Steve Walsh had been Jimmy Johnson's quarterback uh, there. And 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 I remember I was I was one of those guys telling anyone who would listen which wasn't many people in that in those days but uh i was saying you gotta play steve walsh steve walsh is a winner look at how many games miami won with him at quarterback and everything it, you know yeah aikman golden boy whatever but you gotta play steve walsh and and i remember going out to that game and very early on however long before kickoff the two quarterbacks are standing side by side warming up and, and steve walsh kind of throws the ball and then all of a sudden aikman throws it and i mean the ball just like a explodes out of his hand like he like he barely moved his arm and it was just this zip and and instantly I'm going oh no no play that guy absolutely and uh Will Levis's first pass sort of put me in uh, of that mindset on Saturday where you know you you could see instantly the you know sort of the big arm the quick release which is not to say Malik Willis doesn't have an NFL arm you know I mean he's he, he certainly can make the throws but uh but the the things you heard about Will Levis and and how far he can throw the ball and and you know the question of course is is he going to have different tempos or is he just going to be firing the fastball there? But his fastball it, it it looks it looks pretty impressive coming out of his hand and you can see why the Titans are sort of enamored with him and what they uh, what they think they can get out of him ultimately long term now uh uh you know is he there yet no he's a rookie quarterback uh, a lot of rookies played this weekend levis's numbers were kind of somewhere in the in the middle of the pack of those guys uh um you know as denard pointed out they could have been worse but uh but but i i thought uh i i, I you know i i see i think very much so just out of a game situation 
more so than a practice situation. What the what the Titans see in uh, seeing Will Levis, uh, Denard, you 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 touched on it briefly. Did you like Willis's day overall, or or are you you know did he look a little too much like a rookie for you? Well, with Malik, you got to understand it's the first preseason game. Yeah, so it's not a lot expected, and especially got too young. This is only his second year. So he's they still trying to figure out that playbook. You can't play fast in this league until you can figure out that playbook, until you got a grasp and until you master that playbook. So they're still learning on the go. But, you know, I love his poise. He just looked relaxed, like you, like you alluded to earlier, David. He just looked like he belonged there. Like I feel comfortable now in the system that I can just go out and play. And other than that one throw in the red zone, uh, it was a little high, and I, and he had time to throw it. Those are the little things. Those are mechanics that you can work on. But for the most part, I thought he took a huge jump, and I was proud the way that he played uh, Saturday uh, in Chicago. Oh, Justin Field, I don't want to talk about him. That's not but I was going to say, as a, as a defensive back, you had to hate those first two series. Like, if, oh. if, if we want to talk about one of the downsides, I mean, a couple short yeah. passes turn into long touchdowns. That I mean, oh. that shouldn't happen. It's it's not like those were great scheme calls by, uh, no, by the Bears. No, I mean, screens. Yeah, you can't do that right on there. a screenplay. Yeah. Uh, that, that, so that what happened? Well, what went wrong? I can tell you, well, there was no Kevin Byard. <laughs> There's no Jeffrey Simmons. There's no Danico De- De- Autry. You don't have your, your stars in there. And you, all the 11 players. In that last, but think about this. Chicago had their first unit going. So, again, let's give these guys a break. And Justin Fields really didn't do anything. He had two screens. What, what was amazing on the two screens was what? They, it was two touchdowns for 118 yards. The 62-yard scamper by D.J. Moore, and we know about Khalil Herbert, uh, which was a – they caught him in a blitz, which that's why you don't blitz in the preseason because that's what happened. <laughs> and, again, he goes, what was that, 56? So when yep. you look at it, feels numbers. Think about this. He was 3-for-3 three for, three for 129 yards, two touchdowns on the first two series, and he didn't even throw the ball 10 yards down the field. Yeah, d- dramatically different than than the Titans' first series, and and John, a, a long drive. You you know, you, um, I I think the I think the story of that possession though was the offensive line, yes, and and uh, and and how cohesive that unit looked, how physical that unit looked, and uh, uh, you know, as we as we have talked about ad nauseum here, that that is the biggest question mark for. Uh, for this team going into the season, how much smaller a question is that right now after uh, after one drive? Because those guys did enough on that on that possession that that acting head coach Terrell Williams said, "You guys are done for the day. Have a seat." Yeah, I, th- I thought it was certainly very encouraging. Obviously, a very small sample size, just the uh, just the one series. But when you talk about you know so much turnover on that line, we we've talked about the fact there's only one returning starter uh, at this point, and he's also playing a different position. Aaron Brewer moving from guard to center. Uh, you know, everybody else is is new, and the newest guy, you know, Chris Hubbard, you know, was on the street, uh, so to speak, you know, uh, just a few weeks ago, and all of a sudden he's your, your starting right tackle. So there are plenty of questions, but I thought the protection, uh, you know, was, was good. I thought they opened some holes. Um, you know, I, I didn't see any any glaring deficiencies, and this was against you know there were Bears first teamers out there defensively uh, as well. So I, I think that was encouraging. 
um, and you know, the uh, we should we should mention also uh, Tajay Spears' performance on that on that first drive. Also, you know, it, it's interesting that if you look at the the unofficial depth chart, you know, Hassan Haskins is the number two behind Derrick Henry, but it was Tajay Spears who who started out in in this game. Um, and I don't know whether they want to maybe give him a shot behind that first team offensive line for series, see, see what he looked like. Or, you know, we all know there's a big question mark surrounding Hassan Haskins. You know, he's, he's got a legal case. Uh, you know, we don't know what his status is going to be. Uh, so maybe that's another reason to get Spears more involved early. But whatever the case, Tajay Spears looked like he had some really good vision, uh, some good burst, I, I thought, some good cutback ability. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think they, they've got something there in, in Tajay Spears. So I liked him. I, I like the offensive line on that first start. Now, uh, you speak of offensive line. I guess we also need to say, on uh, the other hand, yes. once that first team offensive line parted, oh boy, uh, you know, depth appears to be a, a significant issue. Eight sacks surrendered, uh, you know, and I know they always say you can't blame O line for everything. And that's true. You know, some of it's on quarterbacks or, you know, receivers not getting open, et cetera. But, Nonetheless, uh, offensive line performance was not good, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but there's a there's a, a tweet or, or a video that was out on Twitter on on Zach Johnson, uh, one of the offensive line guys, and this is a guy who you know legit contending for like a you know a uh, you know a swingman utility role in the Titans, and he was playing left tackle in one situation, and and he backs up a couple of steps, Chicago Bears defender goes right inside of him, and not only that is that tough enough and he kind of loses his balance and he kind of throws up his arms and he's flailing uh, uh as he's going backwards it's not a good look uh for for zach johnson that, that left tackle in that in that situation so as, as as many good things as we're saying about the first team offensive line certainly i think there's still concerns about depth uh given given what we saw the rest of the game well i, I mean and it makes sense i mean if if you if you don't know what your starting offensive line is or or who it is, it, it, it's not settled. Certainly, you're not going to have a clear picture of what your depth is and and how you're going to sort that out. Uh, it, it's funny you talk about Tajay Spears because ESPN's Mina Kimes tweeted during that game that uh, and you know people people got excited about this. It's a Titans rookie running back Tajay Spears flashing his ability and speed early on. Have to think the Titans are hoping he can be the lightning to Henry's thunder keep 22 fresher for the end of the season. And I, I just, I just laughed at that, you know, like national people just don't pay enough attention to this team at times. Like the, the one thing nobody worries about is Derrick Henry late in the year, right? Like Derrick Henry's at his best late in the year. The idea is get more production early in the year, you know, in, in different ways from the running back position. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I think, I think universally his, his performance was, uh, was was exciting for most folks and and at the same time you've got to give uh you, you've got to give uh Julius Chestnut his props the last of the running backs to get in there um but but looked very good and and had the best per carry average of the of the bunch at 6.6 whereas Spears was 5.3 uh Jonathan Ward was 4 and uh Hassan Haskins averaged just 2 yards a carry uh, those last two guys, their longest runs were five yards. Uh, 
Um, you know, Chestnut looked fast, looked elusive for a guy his size. And, uh, just as he did last year, looks like he's going to, he's going to make it tough on, on the Titans to cut him. Um, Denard, I know you've been a big fan of Tajay Spears. You were looking forward to seeing him and anybody else too that, uh, that, that jumped out at you during that game on Saturday? Well, Mr. Hassan Haskins looks good. He ran hard, uh, especially the touchdown going over the top of the, uh, on that fourth and goal. Uh, showed a lot of explosiveness. So I know he's got a legal case, but he looks good. And that's what you want to see uh, this time of year. I want to see Tajay Spears and Hassan Haskins. Who's going to separate from one another? I, I love Tajir because they, they had him on special teams. We saw him at kickoff yeah. turn. And that's that's a huge plus. And that's where he's going to start. But these two backs, I mean, you got to understand the king is the king, but he's going to need a lot of help this year. He's getting a little older. So, and one thing I would like to see this year is for them to implement uh, both of these backs in just to give him a little bit more rest uh, than we've seen in previous years. But again, I thought Hassan Haskins, I mean, the way that he ran the, uh, the other day, Saturday, uh, he ran hard. And just to, just to clear this up, I want to, uh, with Tajay Spears, I don't think there's no uh, doubt that he's 100% because and it's not going to have any issues with that ACL because he looked amazing when you talk about that first run he had that went by nine yards. Did you see the cutting? And I love what the analyst who was breaking that play down, he says, hey, listen, this young man is an explosive player, and regardless of what, we're be, what we've been talking about is ACL, that ACL is a non-issue the way that he played uh, Saturday in Chicago. So uh, uh, real quickly, as as we wrap this up here, John, the the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota Saturday. Uh, what what do you what do you want to see different or better? Real quickly this week. Yeah, I, I hope for some some better uh, production from that uh, from the reserve offensive line. I think they need uh, you know some confidence built in in the secondary. Uh, as we said, they're they're uh, you know on on those two long TD passes. Boy, once the once the Bears receivers caught the ball, there was nobody within 15, 20 yards downfield with with these guys. You know, before they encountered any kind of contact. So I think they need some confidence builders. I, I did see some encouraging performances from individual members of the secondary. You know, at times, you know, Trey Avery had the pick. He also had a a, a pi, but you know, some encouraging things there. Mike Brown. I thought had some nice plays, which, you know, I thought that was uh, encouraging for him. And, and maybe Eric Garer also stood out with some some aggressive play. I think he had a PBU, too. But overall, I think, yeah, reserve offensive line, I, I need I need to see better from those guys. Uh, secondary reserve guys, we, we need improvement there as well. Yeah, Mike Brown was a guy I noticed, too. And I was watching, he reminded me of the cornerback from a couple of years ago, Ty Smith. If you, if anybody watched Ty Smith ever, like he, he was not the best cornerback this team has ever had, but every mistake he made, he made full speed. Every, everything he did, he did it physically. And that's what I felt like. I was watching, watching, uh, Brown on Saturday, but we will, we will see who shows up against the Minnesota Vikings, and we will talk about it next week. As always, thank you for listening to the Believe in Titans podcast. Denard Walker, thank you. Thank you. John Glennon, thank you. And uh, again, we'll talk to you next week. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths. And where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.amic slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.